What's up, everybody? Welcome to a brand new episode of the Premier League podcast here on FanDrag Sports. My name is Sebastian Noren. With me is Pauli Costello and Adelaide Niblock. We are all in a heat wave right now. Chicago hit yeah. ni- Chicago hit 91 today, so... Oh, yeah. I, I biked both to and from the Arsenal bar without a shirt on, and still my kit was soaked with sweat when and I was playing people, happy... Uh, you <laughs> just said that you weren't wearing a out. shirt. Yeah, people were lining up. Wait, wait, they were wait, whistling. Wait, wait, wait. Yes. Wait, wait. Explain to me how your kit could be soaked in sweat if you started out the sentence, I biked without a shirt on. Because when you lock up your bike, in order to go into a bar without getting thrown out, you have to put a shirt on. Yes. You're going to the wrong bars then. <laughs> Apparently, I although I did Seb get five percent off we for talking, having an Arsenal shirt. I didn't even know we were talking temperature. I thought Seb was referring to the fact that all three of us did really well in terms of predicting games. Oh, that too. Which I guess just means we had a predictable. The Premier League was finally predictable for a week, and of course, I didn't bet on it. Yeah, I mean, it started out well for me, and then it dropped off at the end there. Uh, whereas you guys caught back up there at the end, so. We'll talk more about it on Thursday, but oh, I am yes. so mad about a typo. Oh, yeah. A, th- a three-point typo, which really hurt me. <laughs> sure did. Sure did. Yeah, I think we got 88 here in Cincinnati. Paulie, how did New York City fare today? It was hot, but it was hot all weekend, son. I noticed. Uh, I, I guess it was 84 today. Mm, yeah. It's going to be, an, it's gonna be gross, 80 the next couple of days. The gross, stinky subway. Yeah, yeah I, didn't, I didn't have to take that, but... Uh, that that doesn't sound fun at all. Public transportation in general, when it's hot outside, not a good thing. Except if you're doing the light rail in Phoenix, where they blast AC, so you're actually freezing. That's ideal. Yeah. So you basically always have a cold because you're going from super hot. Well, I have a cold hot. today. Like, I guess that's from it being super hot out. I've got like a bad cold today. Yeah. Yeah. We'll see how, how long Paulie will fare with us here. And I've already recommended Ricola for him so yeah, it's a pretty decent commercial we're gonna start things off with the <laughs> title race as you know we're six weeks in but hey whatever it's still a thing so looking at the table we still have both manchester clubs at the top with manchester city leading on goal differential they have a plus 19 after scoring 21 goals and only allowing two Manchester United second, plus 15, scoring 17, only allowing two. So Manchester City coming off a 5 nothing win over Crystal Palace. Thank you very much. I predicted that one. Thank you. Thank you. Bravo. And, yes. Bravo. I did I did too, so it's not I, all the I have never been so happy over a Fabian Delft goal in my life. I was so freaking pissed. Yeah, because you had 4 nothing. Oh. Yeah. I, not, I mean, none of us thought this would be close. It was just like... It was nitpicking in freaking garbage time that yeah. Fabian Dell, who last season, not long ago, Paulie was, to be fair, understandably shocked that he was still playing Premier League football. I got the same text this week. I got the same text when he came in the game. I got a text that said, let's remember people, Fabian Delph. And I said, I feel like we send this text every time he makes an appearance. Yeah. And I mean, it was... That's how forgettable it is. But like, yeah, Elliot, they're up 4 nothing. Like, the last thing you expect is Fabian Delph to to, to hit a, a wonder strike. With also, his... I mean, I... Also, you don't expect City to, to win 5-0 and get no goals from Gabriel Jesus or Sergio Aguero. He got yeah, one. And... Who got one? Aguero. Oh, good, because I captain him. Aguero. Not Jesus, because my fantasy team is suffering. Yeah. No, I mean, and the thing with the Delve goal, it was beautiful and it was with his off foot too. So I was so happy about that. I was like, 
Boom goes the dynamite. David Silva, two assists. Sané, two assists and a goal. Aguero, goal and assist. Sterling, two goals. And then... The craziest the craziest thing about this is Deadspin put out an article today. And they tweeted it. And it, it, the tweet just said for the article, Manchester City's goal scores are abundant and ruthless. And they showed a picture that... It is one, two, three, four, five, six, seven Manchester City players. You can see the back of all their jerseys. And let me read out the names that you can see from left to right. Uh, Bernardo, Fernandino, Danilo, Delph, De Bruyne, Sané, Silva. Okay. So right there, you look at that picture and you go, damn, that's a lot of talent. And that's not even including Sterling or Aguero or Jesus. Yep. Yeah. I honestly, I think that, in three years, Manchester City are, of course, going to continue buying up talent because that's what their investment group does. But Leroy Sané and Gabriel Jesus are, they're fantastic. And they're the question really- is, is at what point does the bubble burst? Because Manchester United, if they stick with Jose Mourinho, as I mentioned uh, in my mobile take last week, you know, at a certain point, when does that bubble burst? Because they're not, neither team is selling anybody. You know, Wilfred Bonney leaving for $12 million is like Adnan Yanezai leaving, leaving for eight. Nobody's selling anybody. Antonio Valencia and Ashley Young were supposed to be gone years ago. They're still here. Uh, Fellaini ain't going anywhere. But every year, both teams, you know, United are already linked with a move for Griezmann, and they're linked with a move for uh, for Mesut Ozil. City, I'm sure if somebody has a good year, they're going to swoop in and buy him, whether they need him or not. At, at what point do, does this bubble burst that you keep spending exorbitant fees and you, first of all, can't cut your players because they won't go anywhere because they're not going to make nearly as much money and well, but, you're but not like, selling anybody, so you're not making any money. Yeah, but they, they both let go play Like, okay, j- just to stick with United for, you know, devil's advocate's sake, Radamel Falco having a fantastic year. Also, Angel Di Maria, right? Like, the, these clubs are going to offload players, but they're not going to be on, admittedly, heart, you know, knife to the heart, an arsenal selling players just in order to recoup something because otherwise they're going to see out their contract. Well, we sold Di Maria for a lot, but we immediately spent that money on uh, on someone else. Who yeah, did we spend that money on? Yeah, but the thing is that they make we so much... We spent more money than that. And Radamel Falcao, we paid $6 million to for a loan. loan. Him, yeah. So, yeah. so we lost him for free. Well, the thing and is, Robin though... And Robin Van Persie left for nothing. Wayne Rooney left for free. Memphis Depay left for nothing. So yeah, but if they you still... do eventually offload these players, you're not making any transfer money back for them. No, but they don't need the transfer money. That's that's the thing, though. They make yeah, so exactly. much money on other things. I mean, United turned like half a billion pounds or whatever. It. I mean, it's just crazy amount of money. I think that was their... Uh, I don't know. Me and math, not the best of friends, but I want to say, I want to say, I want to say, say that they made like half a billion pounds profit. No, I get what year. you're saying. Oh, they did not make that much profit. We're still in debt. Let me double check. Talk and I'll double check this. Where are them anti-glazer scarves? That's where I went. Yeah, right? what, like, what happened the, with the that? Issue is, well, then we started spending money. The, the anti-glazer thing was really just Fergie wasn't spending money. Like, fans wanted Ed Dzeko. He didn't buy him. Uh, we, we sold Ronaldo and we bought Antonio Valencia and really stayed quiet in the trade. People forget this. because He did the, score well, a fantastic goal recently. <laughs> uh, people forget this because the perception is oh united aren't good anymore because city buys up all their players that they used to have first dibs on okay between between 2009 or 2000 
Go back to 2006, and when Fergie retired, like the only players he spent a lot of money on were Dimitar Berbatov and Robin Van Persie. So I got the numbers here. So the revenue was half a million pounds or half a billion pounds, and the profit right was, the profit is less was a let's see record operating profit of almost 69 million pounds. Oh, I just I. I feel like it's a bubble that's going to. First of all, United are a much bigger club globally than City. Yes. Uh, because they have their they have a, a fan base for a longer amount of time. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's a bubble that's going to burst eventually because let's say you bring in Griezmann and uh, you bring in Mesutozo. If Mesutozo comes in, someone can't play whether it's Jesse Lingard or Juan Mata or Henrik Mkhitaryan. Yeah, but that's I, a lot of money just to sit on the bench. Oh, and, absolutely. And all these fees are going to add up and it's you're paying all these you're paying all these fees. You're not getting any of that money back and you're paying a lot of money to players that are just sitting and not playing. And at the same time, uh, you're either playing Marcus Rashford or you're not, in which case if you're not playing Rashford and Martial, like say say they bring in Ozo and they just go, "Okay, you're going to play on one wing, Juan Mata's going to play on the other, and Rashford and Martial are going to sub in." You're not developing anything for the future, whereas City, like like Elliot just said, you know, in a couple years, it's going to be Jesus, Sané, Sterling, and they're going to be dominant. Mm-hmm. Well, and that's the thing, too. I mean, even though they're a big club and I want them to do well in, you know, Champions League and all that stuff, I still want to see young players coming through. I, I'm really happy that we get to see Marcus Rashford. I hope that, you know, we'll, we'll see more players coming through because that's... Fergie's always... brilliance was always that he managed to mix the two together. Yeah, and I mean, that that's sort of, that's part of their legacy. I mean, yes, they struck gold with that generation with the Nevilles and Beckham and Skulls and, and Giggs, but they're still... Uh, Nicky Butt, let's not forget Nicky Butt. Um he struck gold again when he when he bought Vidic and Ever for next to nothing and had them for ten years. Yeah, but even even so, I would like to see them bring. If you have to go out and spend, at least bring in a player that's you know still has an upward tick in his career. I'm not sure that Griezmann. I mean, he's a phenomenal player. He would make the team better in the short term, but in the long term, I would I would rather see them bring in. I think that, you know, with Mbappe, PSG, yeah, they got a superstar here now for maybe 10, 12 years. So it's um, it's a fine line to walk. You still want to be dominant, but I still feel like you need to produce your own players too. Because, I mean, what player, if you're a young talent, do you really want to go to United or City? Yes, they're, they're huge clubs, but at the same time, you know that your chances of getting into the first team is going to be super limited. Yeah, exactly. Well, and that's the thing about... And I mean, same thing for Chelsea, though. Because, I mean, Chelsea, they send out, like, you know, 30 players. 30 players on loan every season. Uh, And speaking of Chelsea, Segway, they're in third. Ooh, Segway. They took a 4-0 win over Stoke on the road. That was good for them. Alvaro Morata with his first Premier League hat-trick. And they're not missing... I mean, let's... uh, First Premier League hat-trick. He's played what? handful of games rematches yeah yeah. Yeah. like he's infuriatingly deadly from an opposition point of view and deliciously deadly from a chelsea point of view because he's also not a meathead who's gonna risk a red card every match like costa does have you ever seen a year where bunch of teams go out and spend a lot of money on strikers obviously west ham doesn't count because they're they never (laughs) 
their strikers never amount to anything. But a bunch of people spend a lot of money on strikers, and they're all panning out. Yeah, Lukaku, Jesus, um, Ch- obviously that was last year. I mean, is Chicharito? Uh, what does he have? Three goals? Yeah, something like that. Yeah. Well, that's good enough for best West Ham signing of all time. But um, Lukaku, Murata, Lacazette, like they're all scoring at a great rate. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's fun to see. I mean, I, I like that we're seeing some goals here, and hopefully, we'll get a good race at the top of the the scoring standings too. I mean, we got Harry Harry Kane firing on all cylinders now since it's not August anymore. So, uh, yeah, but 4 nothing on the road against Stoke. That's, you know, that's a great result for them, really. Morata with three goals, Pedro with one. Uh, Aspilicueta, that's a good fantasy pickup for people. Two assists. And uh, Timmy Bakayoko, also notch an assist. So, I mean, Chelsea looking pretty good, though. It's not... I feel like they're still going to be in the race here. I think that's maybe the three clubs that we need to watch. Or can we, is it too early to count out, you know, Spurs? <laughs> or, I mean, Arsenal, I'm not counting in for the title. I'm sorry, Elliot, but I'm, I'm just not. Yeah, it's uh, it's not too early to count out Spurs. It's the, you have the three teams that are going to challenge for the title. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, realistically, yes. I'm going to still hold out my hope that my long shots are going to come in. But, yeah, I mean, it's... It's the Manchester clubs and Chelsea from London. That's pretty much it. Yeah, Liverpool too shaky at the back. Oh my God, way too sh- like they are. They are lucky from the fact that Simon Mignolet is only good at saving penalty kicks. Otherwise, they would have dropped two points. Yeah, they got got that nice little win revenge on Leicester. Uh, we're gonna talk about that game and more when we come back after this little break here. So stick around. And we're back. Paulie has taken his leave here as his throat is giving up on him. Uh, we're going to talk about the other teams here. Spurs, Liverpool, Arsenal, all picking up wins. Let's start with Tottenham. They took a 3-2 win on the road against West Ham. Uh, looked like they were cruising for a bit here. Hurricane, two goals in the first half. And then Eriksen made it 3 nothing. But then Chicharito pulled one back 65th minute. Then Serge Aurier got sent off in the 70th minute, which made things interesting. Sheikha Kwate made it, you know, pulled West Ham within one with three minutes plus stoppage to go. And West Ham were really knocking it on the door at the end there, but Spurs held out for the win. And uh, always nice to pick up a win in a derby. And always nice to be able to see a game through, even though we go a man down. Elliot, your take on this one and the phenomenal scoring pace of Harry Kane. Uh, I mean, you, you you can't ask me to be entirely nonpartisan on this one, right? Like, yeah, it's it's great for them. It's frustrating from an Arsenal point of view. I'm never going to pretend to be anything but that. But new, to to try and play devil's advocate, um, which, you know, the imagery of advocating for the devil in Tottenham is lo- not lost on me here. But nonetheless, like, they look a strong side. Uh, and these are the games that when we're having this podcast in match day 35, we're going to point back to that and be like, that was a match in which it looked for all the world that they might drop points after going down a man. It was dangerous. They barely squeaked it out three to two, but they did. And that's three points instead of one. So, you know, 
Yeah, I mean, as that, much as I got to grit my teeth, like all credit to Tottenham. Yeah, and that would have been really demoralizing too, being up 3 nothing. I know you go down a man, but if you would have dropped that to 3-3, three, three, that would have been a tough blow for them. But I do think that this is something they can build on. Things looked good until Aurier got sent off. And if you're West Ham, you can take some comfort in that you were playing a little bit better. And Chicharito scored. Yeah, I mean... They're but the, at this point. At this point, they look not much better than a favorite to avoid relegation, right? Like they they're a talented team. They're underperforming. Can can we say that anything better than mid table is even a realistic ambition? No, I feel right? like they, I, and, mid table is where I, they I, should aim. Well, but I, I just wanted to say that I I said in the coming into the season that. I think they're an extremely talented side, and they are that. And I still think that they may end up, yeah, I mean, we'll see what happens. Like, But they may end up going into this coming World Cup with almost as many first-team players as the majority of the top six teams, right? Like, And they may even go into it with the England number one goalkeeper between the sticks. Mm-hmm. I, mean, I, would we'll, not, we'll, I would not we'll be surprised. See. Yeah, I mean, that, that is, I feel like that's definitely not playing into Joe Hart's favor right now that he's playing for West Ham. I think that it's easier for Gareth Southgate to keep a tabs on him than it was in Italy. Although, I mean, you can see games on TV, but it's definitely a Southgate. He can just go to London Stadium. He can see where he has Hart. I don't think that Hart will be the starting goalkeeper for England at the World Cup. Who do you think it'll be? Forster. Yeah, that's. I mean, had had Tom Heaton not gotten injured, I might have leaned towards Heaton. I feel like we'll they have see. they have a couple of really good options. Pickford, we still don't know. He might be too young, though. No, he's way too young. Yeah, I. I mean, it, I honestly, for me, it's a question of do they take two or do they take three? And if they take three, it's Pickford too. But yeah, I mean, Forster and Hart. Oh yeah, they'll take three. You got to take three. Well, then you got to take Pickford too. Yeah. So, you know, I'm presuming no injury or egregious drop in form, but I don't see uh, I don't see the latter happening. Of course, neither. None of us can predict the former. Yeah. Uh, Then we had Liverpool 3-2 win over Leicester on the road. Uh, Mohamed Salah, Philip Coutinho and Jordan Henderson with the goals there. Also sort of a squeak out win. Uh, Mignolet with the yeah. penalty kick save there. Vardy did get one goal in this one, but could have had two. I mean, this was this was the you know we saw it coming, right? Like, what were what were our scoring predictions for this game? None of us, certainly none of us, had a clean sheet. It was two one three one two two, right? Like, no nobody thought that this was going to be a game with fewer than three goals. Yeah. And it was a thriller to be expected. And honestly, it's shame on Vardy, you know, boon to Mignolet that it wasn't a draw. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I still think Liverpool, I mean, they might be able to push for that fourth spot. But I don't think they're... But it's the, it's, it's the same old story, though. I mean, it's the same old story. It's just like Liverpool can knock in five goals in any game, and they can also let in three goals in any game. And so if they're going to let in three goals, you better hope they kick in five. Mm-hmm. 
Well, I mean, the, because and that's, the, that's Liverpool. Yeah, and I, I feel like we got, like we said, there's, I feel like there's three teams with the Manchester clubs and Chelsea that are really a cut above, a slight cut above, we should say. And then you yeah. got Spurs, Liverpool, Arsenal fighting for that fourth spot. Yeah, but I, I mean, we'll we'll see because there's there's a lot of time left. I oh yeah, we should we should add this caveat that I I'm I will I will tell no one that at this point there's a zero percent chance that either of those three underdogs, Liverpool, Arsenal, Spurs, will win the league. There's a chance that all of them could. They all have enough quality that it's possible. They all have enough problems that it's unlikely. Yeah, Arsenal taking a 2 nothing win at home over West Brom. Two goals by Alexandre Lacassette. And I mean, that must be a good feeling as, that he's coming in and scoring some goals. Yeah, I mean, it's, there's a little bit of an asterisk because one of them was a penalty. Uh, but nonetheless, you know what, we'll take it. Like I, I said earlier in this podcast, it was like, he's. I, I expect him to score at least 20 goals in all competitions maybe 20 goals in the league. And, I mean, he's on pace to do that. I don't think that he's settled in fully yet. I mean, he's he's a player that next season, I will tell you, I expect him 100% to score 20 goals in the league mm-hmm. alone. I and mean, he, this year, I'm... I'll, I'll, I'll back you that he's going to be in that conversation already this season. I think anything under 18 goals... I do. I, I think he'll get at least 18 legals. He's yeah. that good. I mean, he's excellent. And he plays on a good team, and that helps. This is also I. He's never he's never played in a starting eleven with Alexis Sanchez and Mesut Ozil. Never, and that that continued through today because Ozil is coming back from injury and he was on the bench. And so I I I don't know. I mean, I don't. I'm, I'm not one, let's be real. Arsenal supporters are notoriously pessimistic. And that pessimism comes, I think, from a combination of culture and due prudence. <laughs> but I'm not going to tell you that he's going to light the world on fire when the three of them play together every match. But I'm saying there's a chance. Oh, there's definitely a chance. As long as they all three of them pull their weight and do their part. Yeah, that's a great attacking trio. Yeah, but I mean, they're not going to lead the front line together. Like, that's not that's not Mesut Ozil's best position. But, I mean, it can be. And it's a shame. Welbeck's injury is particularly a shame because I feel like those three going forward, like that speed of an Alexis Lacazette Welbeck front three is really enticing in a way that, yeah, okay, Welbeck, I mean, Paulie's not here to talk smack about Welbeck, but we'll just use his avatar to say, yeah, Welbeck, he kind of sucks. He's not that great. But he's nonetheless... A, he's a solid Premier League player when he's healthy. The thing is that he's yep, injured way is, too often. He's not as fast as Walcott, but he's a better finisher. Oh, and oh yeah. And so those three, as a front three with Ertzel distributing the ball behind them. And this is exactly why I say that, you know, it's early in the season. Arsenal, they are rightfully so a dark horse for the Premier League title. But they, alongside Liverpool, alongside Tottenham, have the quality that if all of the cylinders are firing, they can win this league. 
and I think that Leicester has shown anyone that if you have if you have a quality side and you're all playing well together, you're playing well even more importantly as a team, then yeah, you can achieve that. Mm-hmm. So I'm not saying it's I'm not saying it's likely. Um, wait until you get even longer odds on it till you bet on it, but there's a chance. I'm yep. saying there's a chance. Uh, elsewhere, Watford bounced back after their 6 nothing defeat to Manchester City. They defeated Swansea 2-1 on the road. Andre Gray and uh, Richarlison with the goals. Richarlison, I think that's how you say it. And you're a resident pronunciation specialist. So yeah, I, but I the, the Brazilians, man. Richarlison. He probably has one of those super long names. And then the artist name is Richarlison or Richarlison. Um, but yeah, winning goal for him there, 90th minute. So good for Watford to bounce back with a win there in sixth. So if we travel downwards in the table, right now at the bottom, we have Crystal Palace, six straight defeats, zero goals scored, negative 13. And their next game is away to Manchester United on Saturday. I know we spoke about this last episode, but man, yeah. Such a tough position, and especially losing that heavily to City, too. Yeah, I mean, they're they're in really dire straits. I mean, this will, this will, if, if he can keep them up, then this will cement his legacy. Honestly, if they are dead last at Christmas, I think he'll get fired. Yeah, but, but that would all, that would be, well, and that would also cement his legacy of being the most unfairly prematurely fired manager in premier league history yeah and it also shows the inept qualities of the crystal palette board at the moment yeah well yeah that I, I don't like, i don't you, think they know you, what they're doing you you gotta you gotta give him you've gotta give him at least until early march right like a full month yeah, minimum but, after the january transfer window that's did, minimum minimum and if they give him any less than that then it's a slap in the face. It's a total slap in the face. Like he's, and this is, uh, you know, I alluded to this in our last episode, but I'm sorry. Like he is a quality manager who has done fantastic things to bring clubs up to the Premier League, have them compete in the Premier League, have them compete in Europe, and also was given a very short tenure, as is the case with England, but he didn't take a damn bribe. Right, like he deserves far better than he's given, and if Crystal Palace fire him, even if they're bottled at the table, still, unless they are mathematically relegated, if they fire him a day before March first, it is a crime. It is not expected, not unexpected, right? Yeah, like, but they already is, they already the slapped manager. Yeah, they already slapped De Boer in the face, though he wasn't given enough time. So I, I don't see why they would give Roy more time. Maybe because he's English. That's I mean, well, it's. The English manager pedigree is far lesser than the English player price tag inflation. Yeah. Also, Which is it's a weird thing. It really is. Also in the bottom, we have Bournemouth in 19th place. They only have one win in their first six games. They suffered a 2-1 to defeat to Everton on the road. And then we got West Ham in 18th with four points. And they're coming off that loss to Spurs. Before that, they had a scoreless draw against West Brom and a 2 nothing win at home to Huddersfield. We're going to take another break. And when we come back, it's time to preview the Champions League. So stick around.
And we're back, boys and girls. It's time to take a look ahead as we got Champions League action going on on Tuesday and Wednesday. And uh, what sticks out here on the Tuesday slate, I mean Dortmund against Real Madrid. That's a pretty safe one. Yeah. Um, I mean, from an American point of view, just we're just playing, praying for Pulisic to do well and stay healthy because... We need you, buddy. <laughs> we need you desperately to make it to Russia. <laughs> yeah, a couple of games here before we get into those last round of qualifiers here in October, which will be very interesting for the U.S. And, uh, yeah, yeah. Chris, Christian Pulisic. Definitely. He scored in his last fixture for Dortmund. Yeah, so no. he is, I mean, he, he is, I, I'm nervous because, so, okay, watching Arsenal today again West Brom and the infamous Johnny Evans who and I mean created the beginning of the end of Stuart Holden's career and Stuart Holden was the last player who was similar to Christian Pulisic right for was from he? a US point of view yeah absolutely I, I mean uh, a player a midfielder who has at least some eye for uh, create like to create chances. Okay, I thought he was more of a, like a central box to box one. No, he, he, I mean, you're right, Seb. You're right, but a, a midfielder who can create and score goals. Mm-hmm. Like I, I think that Pulisic is clearly at his best in the final third. Holden in his prime, cut down as it was, was more box to box always. But he ha- had you know, a creative flair, a goal-scoring ability. He was the last player who was a young man playing at the top flight in the beginning of his career in any league in Europe. And, gosh, watching Johnny Evans today, I I have to say, I, I just had nightmares. <laughs> like, just flashes of terror about what could and might happen to Christian Pulisic between now and say nothing of the World Cup, but qualifying. But that said, nonetheless, all of my dark nights of the soul and anxieties aside, this is a fantastic fixture that everybody should tune into tomorrow. (laughs) Are they going to... I haven't watched any of their promos for this, but is Fox sort of building it up as Pulisic versus Ronaldo? Well, in the U.S., of course, they are. I'm sure that in <laughs> continental Europe, it's like Aubameyang versus Ronaldo. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, other games of note, which is say the Tottenham playing away to Apoel Nicosia in Cyprus. Beautiful little island. Want to go back there someday. I've been there a couple of times. Really nice place. Man, that's a, like med- <laughs> If you want to book your next trip to an away fixture for... Whatever club you support, even if you don't support that club, that seems like a good choice. It is a good choice. Yeah. Um, Manchester City, they're playing at home to Shakhtar Donetsk. And a little trivia here. Can you guess how many Brazilian players Shakhtar have in their team? Are we talking probable 11 or overall squad? Overall squad. In the first team squad. Six. Wrong. They have eight. Ah, damn. Yeah. Eight players. That's a lot. They love those Brazilians. 
And then, of course, they have a long-time captain, Dario Serna, most capped player ever for Croatia, 134 caps. Uh, One player that I always really enjoyed watching and that I always thought should have gone to a bigger club. But he's been Donetsk faithful since 2003. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I kind of love that. Yeah, of course. Like, I mean, it's you're really at the highest level, and yes, it's cool. But he's he's just like when I've seen him play at the Euros and the World Cup, I'm just like, why doesn't he go to a top club in Europe? Yeah, I I don't know. I'm. I think I would take 35 year old Sarna uh, over Valencia at this point. I know Valencia scored a great goal. But... Yeah, that was a beautiful goal. Yeah, but. I, but at the same time, I don't know. It, but he's had it's up to o- everyone. The thing is it's that he's everyone. he's had offers from Chelsea, he's had offers from Bayern Munich, and he's like, "Nah, I'm gonna stay." Yeah, but again, I I think that you have to respect that because on some level, you know, to play the devil's advocate, on the one hand, you say, "Yeah, well, he's not challenging himself in the way that he." No, could no, no. Be. I'm not saying that. But I'm just saying other- that I would like to see him in a bigger club so I can watch him more often because I. Don't I okay. don't watch the Ukrainian Premier League on a regular basis. All right, touche. So you're just you're just saying this selfishly from he's a good player and I want to see him play in the same way that even though regardless of club allegiance, I would love to see Lionel Messi play in the Premier League because he's the greatest player of his generation and I don't get to see him enough. Yes. I I, so, and I mean right, that, that, and, that and, I have much more. And that has been the thing with Yarmolenko for a couple of years too. And I'm really happy for him now that we get to see him play for Dortmund because I think he's a phenomenal player. Yeah, agreed. Yeah, I mean he he is absolutely phenomenal. And I think that in their previous fixture, it was he and Christian Pulisic who were you know vying for man of the match and playing phenomenally together. And again, to give just another little U.S. men's national team aside. I think that it is wonderful that Christian Pulisic gets to play with a player of Yermolenko's caliber and experience. Mm-hmm. I mean, granted, like the, the Dortmund side is, you know, just bursting with quality, but he in particular is a player who has that bit of grit, who is like, he's both creative on the flanks and he can cut in and score goals and yet he's also quick and willing to get stuck in and put in that challenge and even take a cynical yellow card, mm-hmm. which your your club and your country need now and again. Oh, yeah. And so I think him playing with Yarmolenko is fantastic from a U.S. point of view. Again, please, Christian, just don't get injured. We really need you. We're not there yet. <laughs> yep. Oh, that's true. Uh, Liverpool, they go to Moscow for a date with Spartak Moscow. Uh, I want to say that they just came off the uh, Derby game. I have to look this up real quick. Excuse me while I pull up my phone and use. Let's give a shameless plug to Forza Football, the app, too. They, you use Forza, you don't use a, uh, what's it called? It also starts with F. No, I do, I do Forza because I actually know the lead developer of that company and app. Um, I used to go to the same school as him back in Gothenburg, Sweden. Uh, let's see here. Sporta Moscow. No, that was Dynamo Moscow. There's too many Moscow teams. 
<laughs> Too many. It's a big city. It I is mean, a big also, city. Like, I mean, London has a lived ton of teams. Anywhere, too. anywhere more than, I don't know, 300 kilometers west of Vladivostok, wouldn't you want to be there? Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I don't know. Let's see what they actually did in their last game, Sporta Moscow. They did as much as follows. They got a 2-2 draw against Ansi Makalakalakalabaha. The team I can never pronounce. Makhalakala. Come on, Seb. You're, you're, you are inarguably the most multilingual of all three of us. Yeah. You're, the you've former, be our pronunciation. The expert. former team of Samuele too. Let's just call it that. Okay, uh, that's fine. Yeah. <laughs> it's like it's like the the artist formerly known as Prince, yep. the team formerly of Samueletto. Yeah. And then if you want to watch a bunch of players that are going to be sold next summer, then you go and you watch Monaco against Porto. Two big feeder clubs. Yeah. You usually play play pretty well. Then we also got Napoli Feyenoord Besiktas against Leipzig, Sevilla against Maribor. And that's your Tuesday slate moving over to Wednesday. Quarabag takes on Roma. CSK Moscow. They play Dynamo Moscow over the weekend. Scoreless draw. They take on Manchester United. And United will be without Fellaini, according to latest reports, which, you know, I, I don't wish people misfortune, but I'm happy that he's out for this game. And then we got Basel, Benfica, Anderlecht against Celtic, Juventus, Olympiacos. PSG against Bayern. I mean, that's the big one, along with Atletico Madrid against Chelsea. And then we also have Sporting Lisbon against Barcelona. You got to say that, Barcelona. Barcelona. Everybody has a lisp in Barcelona. Uh, hey, it's, it, be careful. It's a pretty fraught issue right now with the uh, contested elections that they're technically not allowed to have, but they want to have by independence in Catalonia. Yes, or Catalonia? I don't, Ca- I don't know. I, I don't, maybe Catalonia. I speak neither Catalan nor Spanish, yeah. I will admit. Yeah. But only, yeah. only Deutsch. Yeah, <laughs> let, let's touch upon those big ones there. How do you think, you, quick word on United, how do you think they'll fare on the road against Moscow? Hopefully the weather uh, the weather won't be too good. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly what I was going to say. It's like, I mean, Jose is, he's... <sighs> I, I wonder about this though because we say we've said this we've said this on this podcast prior to I know that this is a two thirds United supporting podcast but regardless we've said this beforehand that he's one who is quick to blame the weather and the conditions right like and he's quick to blame the conditions and like oh the pitch is too hard yeah oh he like, can blame anything he's a master but, of this but too good yeah, weather but, I mean come on. The weather's too nice. No, but is he? But but again, we we've said this to his credit. Like giving him the benefit of the doubt, he's doing all of this in order to take the pressure off of his players, yes. in order to put it on himself, and mm-hmm. blah blah blah. I'm like I, I, I'm still for me the jury is still out. I'm yeah. still not convinced that this is all like brilliant tactical gamesmanship. I think he's just kind of whiny. He might be just messing with people too. I mean, it was a it was a clear thing here when he got sent off in the last game, and he goes and he like shakes hand with the whole bench. Basically, I mean, it's just it's Mourinho at his finest. I mean, he's just being a petulant little child, basically. 
He's like, okay, you're sending, me, you're sending me off? Okay, well, then I'm going to go and thank you, everyone on the away team, before I leave. So it, it, it is what it is. You, you got to just love him for what he is, really. Uh, we should love see, or hate him. Or love hate him, or yeah. Love-hate relationship. We should say, though, that the Quarabag-Roma game kicks off at noon Eastern, which is nice, because that, that means you, you can watch one game, total focus, and then you can double, triple, four screen it for the other games that all kick off at 2.45 p.m. PSG Bayern, though, I mean, I'm expecting fireworks in this one. Yeah, I mean, it's, it is Dortmund, Real Madrid, PSG Bayern. These are... These are knockout round fixtures. And again, like Arsene Wenger, uh, mixed feelings, but invariable respect. But nonetheless, he recently said that he thought that the Champions League had lost a lot of sparkle. It's not the same in the knockout. You know, it's only in the knockout rounds that you see these premier fixtures. This week alone, less than a week after that, proves him wrong because... Dortmund, Real Madrid, PSG, Bayern. Like, these are the creme de la creme of you. That's all you need. Okay, well, a lot of good fixtures to look forward to. Uh, we're going to do our final thoughts here in just a second as I pull up some facts. Here we go. So, I got to talk about the Fenerbahce Besiktas game. So, if you thought your you know local derby was a tough one, Maybe you're a fan of Seattle. I know Seattle, Portland, they aren't local rivals, but they're... they're yeah, they still... are. Come on. I mean, they're like they're not in the same city, but... No. But, okay, this is... I, I have a dog in that fight. Yeah, but, but let's say Spurs Arsenal. Mm-hmm. It's not going to be as heated as an Istanbul derby. Fenerbahce Besiktas saw five players get sent off, 12 yellow cards. I mean, this is war. Yeah, I mean, I also, I don't know. I don't, this is a football podcast. Yes. We only occasionally touch on politics, but like the political atmosphere in Turkey is terribly fraught, right? Like, let's be real. Erdogan has imprisoned thousands of academics. And I, I, I don't think that the ideology necessarily plays out in the way that it does for other clubs, right? For even clubs that are clinging on to only an historical ideology or to Barcelona and Real Madrid, for example, saying like, oh, Barcelona, our legacy is anti-fascist, whereas you're with Franco. No, mm-hmm. like Real Madrid supporters, you don't you know, like if you support them, that's fine. It doesn't mean that you're a fascist. But nonetheless, the atmosphere right now in Turkey is terribly fraught to think that it wouldn't boil over onto the pitch. It was going to be at least like some stent, but I had no idea that it was to be as fraught as that. Yeah. I mean, it really, really heated. So do you have a final thought, Elliot? I mean, I feel like I've already pontificated enough and okay. I, then we'll, you know, I, yeah, I'm, I'm going to bite my tongue. On this okay. One. Well, uh, Put in Polly's final thought here, and then we'll say goodbye. As always, you can follow us on Twitter. I'm Seb Norm. Polly is Pete Questel, and Elliot is Keats was better. So have a good slate of midweek games. I know Arsenal, they also play in some weird tournament called the Europa League. 
Uh, I've never heard of it. I don't know what you're talking about. I don't don't know. But we'll talk to you guys again on Thursday. Until then, have a good one. Bye-bye. I got a final thought for you. I'm back with a final thought. United beating Southampton this weekend, 1-0. And after the game, Jose Mourinho saying United's poor performance because let's let's call a spade a spade here. They were sloppy. He blamed it on the weather being too nice. I'm sorry that we're going to have this episode is about to be get a little E next to our name because you Mourinho. That's ridiculous. The weather is not too nice. If the weather was awful, if you were playing on a frozen pitch in the Midlands of England in the middle of December or January and you played crappy and because of that you won 1-0 fine you could blame bad weather you cannot blame good weather for a poor effort from your team meanwhile why do you have to are you that narcissistic that you can't just sit there and, and come out after the game and say hey we had a tough time today we didn't play our best but i'm glad that the players went out and gave it their all and got the and got the three points would that have been that difficult like yeah i would have i would have loved for them to play it like the way they did against swansea or the way they played against everton and won 4-0 i'd love for them to do that every week it's not going to happen i'm happy that in a week where they were pretty bad they got the three points you could do that too show some humility and maybe you wouldn't be such a stuck-up arrogant person that so many people love to hate 